you're listening to an OA On Air Extra. Brookline Bank President and CEO Daryl Fess joins Ann Murphy to talk about what's in store for the economy in 2022. Welcome to OA On Air. I'm Ann Murphy, and my guest today is Daryl Fess, President and CEO of Brookline Bank. Daryl, welcome back. Ann, thanks for having me on the show. Well, it's so interesting, Daryl, when we touched base with you a year ago to discuss the 2021 economic outlook, uh, we talked about the previous year, 2020, being dominated by the coronavirus pandemic. And last year, the vaccines were just starting to roll out. And here we are, another year later, heading into year three of the pandemic. How do you see what's happening now with the pandemic figuring into the impact on the national and local economy during the next year? And will this new COVID surge derail the economic recovery? I'm actually still amazed that we're in the middle of this. Everybody thought it would end, especially once the vaccines rolled out. And obviously the pandemic is not gone and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere uh, in a hurry. But I think there are some hopeful signs that there are some numbers that are trailing off and that things are going to look up. Think back to the fall and we had people coming back in the office and uh, getting together and having lunches and maybe even social gatherings outside the office and things seemed to be on an upturn. And then the Omicron variant came out and put us all back to where we are today. Very few people coming in the office and working from home still. So I do think that the pandemic is obviously going to continue to be an important role in the economy. Uh, You know, some of the original projections for 2022 were that there'd be growth of five, maybe a little bit more than that percent increase in the economy. And now the pundits are around maybe 3%. So it does seem like it's going to have an adverse effect. I kind of look at it as the recovery is still uh, ongoing. The return to work and the social aspect of it is a little bit postponed. You know, hopefully only a couple months because, like I said, it does seem like the numbers are coming back down. People are, are holed up and pent up, and I think there's a lot of demand for people to get out of their homes and back into the office and out in restaurants and all of that. Right. Well, a a lot of people have been talking about inflation. Do you see that continuing to rise this year? I don't think so. I mean, I I know that the inflation rate has been higher than uh, expected, and it came in at 7% uh, in December, which is, is certainly higher than we've seen in a long time. And early on, people were saying it's going to be transitory. And in some ways, I still feel that it is transitory that some of the things that have played into inflation have been supply and demand issues. With the the disruption in the supply chain, people maybe took advantage a little bit, saying, well, we can raise our prices and get away with it. And there obviously there's there's trickle down there and then employees are like, well, I need to make more money. Uh, so I think inflation is a real thing. Uh, But I do think it was induced by the pandemic and it was induced by the federal spending that just pumped so much money into the economy that there was some natural inflation. 
I think the biggest risk I see here is that the Federal Reserve overreacts. I think they could probably get away with a couple of warning shots, you know, one or two or three increases in interest rates. And you hear some people now saying they might do five. So that worries me a little bit because I don't think the economy is really all that strong uh, in the first place. It's kind of, I think, hanging on pins and needles a little bit. And if they get too aggressive, it could really cause another problem for us. Well, you mentioned uh, supply chain disruptions, and you know we saw those, of course, images with these huge barges and these 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 you know shipping issues from Christmas uh, before Christmas on, and the disruptions and the impact. Uh, do you think that those are like going to settle down, or those are still real issues that are going to affect the economic recovery? I think. There are definitely real issues. Um, Partly it is China has taken a a very aggressive approach to uh, COVID-19 virus, and they will go in and shut down a whole town, a whole port, and basically stop things as they stand. And then on the other side of that is that when stuff gets here, like you noted, there are all these ships sitting outside of ports because we don't have enough people in the docks to unload the cargo from these ships. So they sit there and wait their turn. And yeah, I mean, you heard earlier, you know, there are Christmas type items that never made it here in time for Christmas. So these are things that certainly can really hurt small businesses in particular. And you know, I, I do think it will settle out. I think we've already seen some signs of it settling out, but it's going to take a while before the routine gets back to where it needs to be. And that probably is going to coincide um, with reduction of the virus. Mm-hmm. Well, talking a little bit about the supply chain issues and the cargo unloading does go speak to the labor labor issues and labor shortages, which have been acutely affected. Uh, felt during the virus surges. So what do you see is in store for employment? Do you think it's going to settle down? Will more workers enter the workforce, re-enter it, or disappear entirely? The fact that unemployment is so low and that it's so hard to find people is crazy because you would think it would be opposite, that there would be vast amounts of unemployment. But like you said, a lot of people have left the workforce. They just up and left. And whether it's for uh, personal issues, they feel like, you know, they're looking at life differently. I think a lot of people are doing that. And maybe they're taking early retirements or uh, just decide, you know, one parent can stay home and the other one can go to work and that's a better life for them. So I think a lot of these have been life choices when people sit and reflect uh, upon what the virus uh, has meant to them. I do think that we may see some people come back uh, because I'm not quite retirement age, but I know of people my age, I'm just not going to go to work anymore. I think that can get old really quickly. And they're going to find that they want to be back with people, that they want to do something productive. So I think there could be some people that return to the workforce, especially with increased salaries and uh, incentive to do so. Well, that also brings us to the issue that has really emerged, and now I think it's going to be part of uh, what we do working-wise. 
people were pushing for remote work environments, you know, to help with recruitment and retention of employees, and as a, also as a way to help reduce real estate and infrastructure costs. And the pandemic has really changed the way we work and the way we all think about work. Um, do you see that now becoming a way of life, working remotely? I think that remote work and uh, remote meetings are not going anywhere. I do also believe that what will end up happening is there will be a lot more flexibility for um, employees because there is always the option of working from home. And I'll just give a personal example. Today, I uh, had a meeting at nine o'clock in the morning and I said, well, I'm just going to stay home in the morning and I'm going to host that meeting and I'll be done around 10 o'clock and then I can drive in the city and there won't be any traffic. And that's what I did. So I was successful working at home for a while, decided, well, I do should be in the office. Let me go in the office, make it convenient for myself because traffic is, is easier. Mm-hmm. And I think there can be a lot more of that because um, people didn't like the commute. They didn't like being stuck in traffic. Well, they might be able to adjust their hours somewhat and maybe do some work during the day at home and some in the office. And, you know, more importantly, I think it's going to provide a lot of flexibility uh, when it comes to things like, well, the plumber has to come to the house today. Well, you don't have to take a day off. You can just work from home. Right. Uh, or, or, you know, child care gets disrupted for the day. Same thing. There, there are ways now that people can have a much more flexible life and these things don't have to get in the way of success at work. But I'm also a firm believer, as you probably have heard me say before, that I think it's really important, especially in the financial services uh, industry, that people be together, be on the same page to instill uh, a culture in teamwork because I think it's really necessary to our success. Well, all of these office buildings in downtown Boston and elsewhere around the, around, around the country, uh, commercial real estate has taken a hit a little bit, but do you see the demand for office space, traditional office space going down, or do you think people really want to be back in spaces, as you say, in gathering together to collaborate in person on projects? It's a tough question. I think that the office market is still very much a big question mark. People will probably return to the office. I don't know that they'll be there five days a week like they used to. And what that means for each company, I think, is individual. Some companies might say, well, we don't need all this space. We'll do more hoteling space. But others like us, we kind of look, um, if people are coming in three days a week, they probably still need their office. So it doesn't really reduce our need for uh, office space. Uh, So I think every company is going to be a little different there. And it's really, there's definitely a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, Expansion of the economy eventually will take up some of that space. There probably will be some alternative uses of space that will help with that. Um, but for the time being, I think it's a big question mark. I wish I had a crystal ball. Uh, don't we all? I, I think that another interesting aspect is uh, how the banking sector in Brookline Bank in particular responded to the pandemic. You were always 
open, you were essential services, you were an essential service. Uh, do you think anything that's happened during the pandemic, any new practices or programs in the banking sector are likely to become permanent? Honestly, I think that the things that that we will see happen uh, as a result of the pandemic and already are, is that our clients will utilize a lot more uh, electronic banking services. This year, we we introduced uh, a new website that is um, the same on your mobile devices as it is on your computer screen. Uh, we introduced a new online banking system, which is as good as any of the, the large banks have in terms of technology and ability to, um, to do financial planning and the like, and uh, an account opening online as well. So I think those things will stick when I look at the um, usage of things like Zelle and, um, and other electronic forms of payment, they're skyrocketing. So I do think that, that people will, will use more of the electronic services and come into the branches less frequently. I think we are all adaptable creatures, us human beings, and uh, we adapt in, in positive ways when faced with challenges. And I think, if anything, the pandemic has taught us some good things as well. So we have to keep that in mind. I agree. The, not, everything is, not everything from the pandemic will be bad. Thank you, Daryl, for your insights and thoughts on the economy in 2022. See you next time on OA On Air. Thank you, Anne.